It turns out the Detroit Pistons will not break the all-time losing streak again within a season. At least it looks like for now. After they snapped their seven-game losing streak against the Washington Wizards with a win, Alec Burks goes crazy. Some good stuff from the young players. We're going to talk about everything we saw in this game in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We're going to talk about the Pistons win, what we saw in the Pistons win, um, what they need to capitalize on within the next few weeks. And also the Detroit Lions won a playoff game. First time in 30 years. Absolutely. Was absolutely thrilled. Pistons podcast. We're going to find a way in the final segment to compare and showcase what the Pistons can learn from the Lions who have been in a rebuild now for three years and already have a playoff one. We're going to look at what the Pistons could possibly learn from the Lions. Uh, but first, let's talk about what the Pistons did in this win against the Washington Wizards. As you guys are watching um, and listening, you guys can obviously tell that Darth Koo is not around. I can't have Darth Koo come out after after the rare win. Uh, that win has to, you know, a win, a win can't have Darth Koo around. You got to save Darth Koo for for special occasions. You feel me? Um, but in this game, the Detroit Pistons beat the Washington Wizards 129 to 117. Now, yes, this is the team that they just made a trade with um, for Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. Um, and they're going to be getting Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers in return. Um, so this is the second time this year that the Detroit Pistons, and when I say this year, this season, the Pistons have gotten a win against the team the day after or day of that team making a trade. Um, with the Toronto Raptors one, it was very you could very clearly see it coming. Um, with the Wizards, I, I don't think it mattered too much. Those guys weren't playing either. They weren't playing at all lately, or they were playing very minimal for the Wizards. So whether they had those guys or not, I, that, I don't feel like that impacted um, that that didn't impact the Wizards at all. Uh, I actually feel like that if it impacted anybody, it would have impacted the Pistons more. Because Bogdan or not Bogdanovich, uh, Livers actually was getting rotation minutes, and Bagley was the Pistons' best backup five. So if anyone was going to be affected by it, you'd think that it would be the Pistons. So I'm not going to use that as as an excuse to try to tear the Pistons down. I think the Pistons just won this game, um, which is good to see. The fact that they can just flat out win a game against the worst team, the other worst team in basketball. Previously, they went against the Spurs. They got blown out. Blitz by the Spurs. I mean, we've seen them get get beat by the Wizards before this year. The fact that they were able to just straight up get a win against another one of the worst teams. Not saying you have to get a win against one of the better teams in the league. The fact that they were just able to get another win against a team that's supposed to be on their level of bad is a major improvement. Yes, I know the bar is low, but that's a major improvement versus where they were just a few weeks ago. Because, like, again, like I said, they had lost to teams like this, the Spurs and the Wizards. Uh, the Jazz without half their rotation, like they were getting blitzed by those teams. 
So I think it's just a good thing that you saw this team win naturally against a, a normal bad team um, that's supposed to be on their level. Um, in this game, obviously, I think the main reason why they they won, and we'll talk about the young guys because the young guys are more important, but the main reason why they won because Alec Burks turned into God himself, had 34 points in 28 minutes off the bench, tied a career high, went 8 of 12 from deep, dude couldn't miss anything. He was launching anything that touched his hand, and it, 90% of the time was going into the basket. Uh, he is by far the main reason why the Detroit Pistons won this game. He went nuclear, absolutely nuclear in this game. Um, we'll touch on Alec Burks a little bit later in the podcast, so just stay tuned to that. But, yeah, Alec Burks was the main reason why they absolutely they, – they won this game by 10-plus. He went psychotic in this game. Um, but what's more important in this game and what the fan base is going to care more about is this. Jane Ivey, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Jalen Duran, 20 points, 19 rebounds, 4 assists, a block, an 8 of 8 shooting. 100% from the field, 4 or 5 from deep. Azar Thompson played 27 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals. Like that right there is what's going to matter to Pistons fans. Those guys right there. Because in this game, this is now a second straight game since Monty Williams had those comments that revealed to us that they had an organizational meeting about his use of Jane Ivey. This is now the second straight game we've seen Jane Ivey get used more in a facilitator role, more as the point guard on the team. And look, he had five turnovers in this game. I don't think Jane Ivey is a point guard. I I don't think he's that. I don't think he should be the main initiator for the Detroit Pistons at all times. I don't think he should be, you know, getting more touches than Cade in that role. Not at all. But it's very clear that he should have been soaking up some of those touches because that's the whole point of having him it was to take some of the pressure off of Cade and have someone next to him that is also capable of generating paint touches and being able to kick out to open shooters, which Jane Ivey is able to do. Is he going to have some mistakes? Yes. There was a point in the second quarter that Jane Ivey had some really bad turnovers and really was turning the game around. Monty Williams talked about at the end of the game or after the game. But that's what you're going to get with these guys. You're going to, if you give these guys this freedom, which we talked about in the last podcast, you give Ivey this freedom. If you give Durin this freedom, you're going to get these flashes but you're also going to get the bad stuff. And at this point in the season, with it being three, what are they, four and 36 now, you have to take that. Earlier in the year, if you're like the Rockets or something who were actually competing for the playoff bid at this point in their rebuild, okay, then I get that you can't, you can't, you don't want to really, you know, deal with those mistakes. At this point in the season, you deal with those, you have to, you have to deal with those mistakes. That's all you've got now. You have to let them play through this stuff, at least somewhat. I know, you know, he took Ivy out and let Ivy, you know, Thing about his mistakes, but he brought Ivy back in, basically, is what I'm saying. So Ivy played really well this game. Um, shot well from from the field. Still, the outside shot just hasn't been there. Even shot four of seven from the free throw line. So that, that is a little bit concerning to me, how he's shooting on his jump shots this season, um, because he actually was legitimately good um, last season. But this year, he's he's been pretty bad. And that's a little bit concerning for me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. that It's just a tad... Not a tad, but like, let me not sugarcoat it. It is, it's just straight up concerning to me um, because Ivy being able to space the floor and shoot well from deep was a big thing I was banking on with this core being able to survive long-term. Now, it's only a second year. He can still bounce back and improve that, but the fact that he's shooting 30% from deep this year is is quite concerning for me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, but moving on to Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran, another player. He shot 8 of 8 from the field this game, 20 and 19, 
absolute monster game. You're seeing him, again, have some more offensive freedom. And with that, again, you're going to get some of the turnovers. These two turnovers weren't great. You're going to get some awkward possessions. It's not. It's going to happen. The thing with this that the coach has to ha- has to be able to do, which he did with Ivy, what the coaching staff needs to be able to do with guys like this who are showcasing this, this ability to be able to do more, but also with that, they're maybe not as polished to be able to do it all the time and have some of these bad possessions. You have to be able to walk that line of giving them freedom while also eliminating some of the bad habits. Like you don't, some mistakes I'd say are more acceptable than others. So you have to be able to walk that line and know what is okay to have as a mistake and what isn't you need to eliminate as a bad habit. Um, and we talked about that again on the last podcast as well. But this game, Jalen Durant was a monster. Another main part of the young core who came out and showcased his ability to really dominate the basketball game. His, what we're seeing with him do with the ball in his hands as of late is is pretty enticing. Um, so I, I, I think Jalen Duren and Jane Ivey both as of late are showing you some stuff. And I think Jalen Duren might be getting back to like full strength to where he was at the beginning of the year. Um, still not great defensively. I, he's still, you know, defensively is still somewhere to go for him. Um, but offensively, you're starting to see that maybe he has more into his game over the last few weeks. That he has he has more in his game than just a lob threat. Um, and I, I think the Pistons are in a position now where they have to explore that, have to continue to explore that, even with some of the bad stuff that comes with it. And then the last last person, Asar Thompson, man. Look, Isaiah Livers is traded. He's no longer soaking up minutes. And I, Asar Thompson finally gets back to playing 25-plus minutes. He plays 27 minutes, and in this game, he has 14 points, 8 rebounds. Um, two assists and three steals um, for the Detroit Pistons. Stuffed the box score again. He was six of eight from the floor. Only one shot, one shot came from deep. He had the ball in his hands a decent amount in the half court for the Pistons. He got a lot of shots at the rim. Six or seven of his eight shots were in the paint. And one of the only one he did miss was a shot clock heave, you know, throw it up at the rim after he picked up a loose ball after Duran dropped, lost it, and it was like 0.5 seconds on the shot clock. So really, he went 6 of 6 from the paint. Drew some free throws. Didn't stay on the perimeter. Wasn't forced to sit there and take threes the whole game. That's how you use Asar Thompson. And there's still a lot more that you can do with Asar. We've talked about it all. There's so much stuff you can do with Asar Thompson. But in this game against the Wizards, you saw him get the ball in his hands a little bit more. You saw him be efficient around the basket. You saw him stuff the stat sheet. You didn't see him sitting around the perimeter having to catch and shoot corner threes all the time. He only took one three in this game, and you saw how effective he was. And the Detroit Pistons were able to get a win, yes, behind Alec Burks, but also behind Jane Ivey, Jalen Duren, and Asar Thompson, who flashed all three flashed some really good things against the Wizards. Um, but that's all I've got with that. When we come back, it's time for the Pistons to now capitalize on what's going on around them. We'll talk about what that is when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash LockdownNBA and get on your way to being your best self. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another now and another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every single morning, and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths, not just your weaknesses, but also helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that actually really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Everyone, at any moment, needs help getting through what we call life every single day. Heck, I know I need help. 
getting through this. Everybody needs help, and there's nothing wrong with needing help getting through not just some of your weakness, but again, strengthening more of your strengths. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That's what's great about BetterHelp. If you get a therapist and you don't feel like you guys are vibing with each other and want to try something new, well, you can just like that for no additional charge. It's extremely easy to do. To celebrate the progress that you've already made, visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month and celebrate the progress that you've already made with Better help. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review or whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So it is time for the Detroit Pistons to capitalize on what was thought to be non-existent at this point now. And that is the value of some of their veterans. Listen, guys, I have been on I have been on this podcast for two years now, begging the Detroit Pistons to please capitalize on value when they can and please manage their assets correctly. And so far, they have done, I think would be fair to say, a terrible job managing their assets. I don't think they've done a good job doing it at all. And we talked about it even with this last trade that they just made with the Washington Wizards where they had to trade two second-round picks with Marvin Bagley just to get rid of a contract that they signed him to after trading two second-round picks and a rotation player for him. So they traded two second-round picks, a rotation player for Marvin Bagley, then immediately signed him to a bad contract that they then could not move and had to attach another two seconds just to get rid of that said contract. Like, do we understand what I'm saying here? And we also have the whole situation where they didn't move Jeremy at his highest peak. They haven't moved Boyan at his highest peak, which was last year. They didn't move Alec Burks at his highest peak, which was last year. So they, they, they haven't done a good job at managing their assets, I feel like, at all. And they definitely have not done a good job at all at acquiring assets and stockpiling their treasure chests, which is why they're in the position they're in right now, which is why... They have a chance. They might have a chance. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I'm in these discussions with other GMs. I know exactly that, hey, this is possible now. But just based off watching, I'd assume that there is a chance it's back. And that is the ability to trade some of your vets and go get what you need. Alec Burks started this season horribly, and it looked like maybe he was washed. It was starting to look like that. But over the last 10 games, not including this game, Against the Wizards. This game against the Wizards, again, 34 points, 11 of 17 shooting in just 28 minutes. He's been playing extremely well offensively, shooting the, the shooting the leather off the ball. But in over the last 10 games, Alec Burks is averaging 17.2 points a game in just 24 minutes of action, 46% from the field, 46% from deep on seven attempts a game, 88% from the free throw line, 3.4 attempts a game. His value might be coming back. His value might be there. It's time to move him. It's time to move him, and it's time to move Boyan. Boyan has played really well this year. He has not hurt again with another calf injury, with the calf strain. But Boyan has played really well this year. It is time for you to finally move off of these guys and go get what you need. And when I say that, I think it's probably past the point 
of moving them for picks. You can't do that. Like, if second-round picks, you can't do that. I don't think you're in the position. It doesn't seem like that's what the Pistons are trying to do. They're trying to get players that match what they need right now and use their cap space up to go get said guys. So, I, it's time to use Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks to go get one of these players that are on the market. If you had to take on some salary to do it, I know, like, for example, came out last, or I believe yesterday or two days ago, We've talked about this guy in the podcast a few times. I've hinted at some things. The Atlanta Hawks are trying to move uh, Clint Capella or DeAndre Hunter with DeJounte Murray in a trade to clear up some cap space. A team like the Pistons are able to do that. Am I saying the Pistons are interested in doing that? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they are or not. Not not getting that from me. All I'm saying is a situation like that where you can get a player with a team, and Keith Smith, NBA, by the way, um, he asked his uh, at on Twitter, Keith Smith at po- Spotrack, Sally Cap Guru, wrote a really good article and talked about um, the Pistons trade and also referenced um, <clears throat> how there are some teams that are trying to get out from underneath the apron who are going to be trying to cut down some salary that maybe are willing to move off some guys and just take on some expiring contracts so they can then get underneath the apron and have some more wiggle room. That's where the Pistons are going to have to – that's where they're going to make their money. That's what they're trying to do over the next three weeks. Take advantage of that. Be able to take on those contracts because of their expirings and their long-term salary cap sheet. That's their move. That's what they've been trying to do. That's what they, their goal has been. So it's time to use Burks, who hopefully has rebuilt his value. It's time to use Boyan, who has, re, who has I think, maintained his value of wherever it was last year with how he's played this year. Time to use those guys to now go get, a, a, I would say, a four that allows you to play Asar Thompson, Cade, Jane, Ivy, and Duran together. I tweeted this out the other day. Um, oh, my God. I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I completely – I just thought about this. I, I wasn't planning on talking about this. I didn't think about it. So I, ha- I don't even have it. I don't have it in front of me. But I believe the numbers were exactly – and they're not going to be exactly on point because, again, like I said, I don't have it in front of me. But the Detroit Pistons have only played Cade, Ivy, Asar, and Duran 60 minutes this year. And I believe it was a minus 3.1 net rating. However, the only five-man lineup that they played more than 10 minutes with, that those four, the fifth man was Isaiah Livers. And in those minutes, it's only 11 minutes of action. So all of it's an incredibly small sample size. The overall point is they haven't ran those four together at all this year, which is what you should be doing in a year like this. Figure out if those four guys can play together because those are supposed to be your future. And if they can't, then you have to make some moves. And they haven't even tried to find that out, which is a <laughs> – which is a major mistake in and of itself. However, in those 11 minutes they played with Isaiah Livers, they were, I believe, a, I believe plus 20 net rating. Um, but it, again, that's way too small of a sample size to try to take anything big from it. My overall takeaway was, one, they haven't tried to run those four guys at all together. And two, when they've tried to run those guys together with a hypothetical other four, a power four that can shoot and play defense, it looked good in 11 minutes. Now, they need to get for the final stretch of this year, this back half of the year, they have to run those four guys together with another guy that can make it work and see if it does actually work. Because if those four can't work together, you need to make a move. Like, those are that's your future. If those four can't play together, one of them has to go, and you need to find that out soon. So I would be moving Boyan and Burks strictly with the idea of getting somebody that helps you run those four together and see if they work. Now, whether that's you want to go get like a one of these bigger names in the market who are maybe a guard 
or a wing type, a 2-3 instead of a 3-4, 4-3. If you want to get one of those guys to run Cade, Ivy, that player, and then a Sar at the 4 and Durant at the 5, okay, so be it. However you want to do it, you need to package these guys and anything else you need to go get someone that you can plug into the starting lineup with a Sar, Cade, Ivy, and Durant and see if they can work. You have to find – if anything, if anything comes from this season, you're not going to get playing. You're not going to get many wins from this year. Everything's basically lost. But at the very least, you have to find out if these four guys can play together. You have to. And not assumptions. Not Pistons fans assuming, oh, well, Star can't shoot. There's no way they can work. No, it can't be assumptions. You can't leave this year with 60 minutes played between these guys. You have to get a legitimate sample for the rest of this year to where you can look at and say, okay, it worked. It didn't work. Here's our proof. We have to move on. This is why. Like, you have to get that. It can't be assumed. You have to actually be able to see it. And they haven't been able to do that. So that should be the main goal at the trade deadline. And I do think there's some pe- there is some belief that Asar can play the four. I think there's belief he can play the two, three, and the four. So I think that gives them flexibility in who they go after in the trade market. Now, I would prefer them get a four. But I think there's belief that Asar can play throughout positions to where it gives them flexibility to just get like a good player that fits skill-wise with them. So take that for what you will. They that's they need to capitalize on these players, though. That's basically what I'm saying. I don't think past this deadline, Boyan and Burke should still be on this team. They need to go out there and get a guy. It sounds like they're going to go out there and get a guy, not just a random a guy. So I, that's what I'm hoping ends up happening. Um, Real quick for you guys. Before we move on, um, this was also, I believe it was reported today, um, I think also by Keith Smith. Um, the Pistons got a trade exception in this trade, which means I'm not some salary cap guru. I just know what it means. I don't know how they calculate this, whatever. But with them acquiring a trade exception instead, so so let me, let me explain it this way. There's two routes they could have went. They could have acquired Gallinari and Muscala, not had a trade exception, and been able to package both of them again in the future, in the next few weeks, um, to trade off expiring contracts. They could have been used in another deal. But instead, the Pistons used it for, an, for a trade exception, which now is made to where they, they can't be aggregated together. Now, they can be used in single trades. They, they can be used by themselves, but they cannot be combined together now. So that's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. We're going to see that play out in the next three weeks, if that handicaps them at all, what their plan was with that. But it's definitely something to pay attention to. Because a lot of the thought after the trade was, oh, they might package all these guys together as expirings and go get somebody. Well, they act, they just can't do that with at least Gallinari and Muscala. So we'll see what that ends up doing to them over the next three weeks. We'll, I'll stay tuned and we'll, we'll definitely watch what moves they do and if that handicapped them at all. So just want to get that out for you guys because that is, I think, pretty important. Um, when we come back, the Detroit Lions won a playoff game for the first time in 30-plus years. I almost cried. I did shed a tear, at least one or two. Can't believe it. What can the Detroit Pistons look at the Detroit Lions rebuild and take away from it? We'll talk about what that is when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet with it, like live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explorer tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays that not just yourself but others are using, and more. A few years ago, when betting became legal in Michigan, I didn't know where to go. 
I had no idea about any of this stuff. I found FanDuel. I tried it out. My friends recommended it to me, and I haven't turned back since. It's extremely easy to use, extremely fun. You get paid very quickly. And again, most important thing, it's extremely fun to use. There's all kinds of options on there for you to use. So I definitely recommend that you guys use FanDuel and definitely go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to not only have some fun and make your first bet a layup, but to also get that 150 bucks in bonus bets Win or lose when you place that $5 bet. Trust me, that will come in big time for you guys. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet lip and get that special deal for you. That's with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. This segment's not going to be very long. Very quick answer for you guys. Very quick answer, and then we're leaving. The Detroit Lions won a playoff game. First of all, I have to assume a lot of people who are Pistons fans are also Lions fans. You guys have suffered just like me. I'm only I'm only 26, so I, I haven't suffered for nearly as long as everyone else much older than me has. Um, big time, big time game. That game was absolutely fantastic. It lived up to every expectation with number nine coming home and play. He played exceptional. And then Jared Goff playing exceptional right back at him against Sean McVay. Both of them lived up to absolutely every expectation of the rivalry of this whole storyline. And then the Lions defense came up when it mattered. Like the game was spectacular on both ends. Like I, I absolutely enjoyed loving it. Not just the fact that the, the Lions won, but because of how fantastic the game was and how it lived up to all the storylines. So Congratulations to all of us Lions fans, man. That was another home game next week. Can't wait. It's it's. I know this is a Pistons podcast, but the Lions winning so big time and such a it's such a serious deal in Detroit that there's no way that Pistons podcast could just not mention it and talk about it. There's no way. That's how big of a deal it is. And we're talking about just a playoff game, not even like a Super Bowl or anything. Just winning a playoff game is that big of a deal in Detroit right now. Um, as far as what the Pistons can look at the Lions rebuild and take away from it. It's very simple, and we're not going to spend too much time talking about it. I'm just going to lay it out there, say what it is, leave it like that. You can, hey, people can be mad about it. Fans, you can disagree with me all you want, or you can agree with me. Who knows? It's very, it's as simple as this. From the get go, when the Lions hired Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, instantly, I, I mean instantly. Now, Dan Campbell had his doubters because he liked going on and fourth down. You know, people still live in 1980. Refuse to get with the age, get with the numbers, you know, get with the new smart times that you have to go for on fourth down. Makes sense to do it sometimes. So people didn't like that about him and held it against him a lot. But outside of that, I, at least I, I feel like the majority of the Lions fan base instantly, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell had a different vibe about them. Instantly, you trusted them, it felt like. It felt like instantly everyone trusted them. And they did nothing but showcase over the first two years, even within a three and thirteen season, I think they were like three thirteen and one or two thirteen and one in one year. Their first year, then last year, starting off as terribly as they did, there wasn't one moment where you, the fan base, did not believe in what they were doing. That they didn't represent a reason to believe in them and what they were building. The transparency with the fans that they had, transparency with the city, city that they had, and what they were building. The trust that they had, not just with the fan base, but with their players. What they were building was very clearly seen immediately. Now, whether it was going to work, you had to see. But usually when there's a feeling like that and they know what they're doing, it works out. And you've seen it work out in just three years. They have a playoff win. Some of the Lions weren't able to do in 30-plus years. Instantly, 
you knew that they had a plan. They were going about that plan. It, like you knew immediately what their plan was. And, and people made fun of it at, at the time. People made fun of their aggressive, not bite knee, cat, like all that stuff. But they had a plan from the get-go. They had a culture from the get-go. They had an identity from the get-go. And they executed that plan with savvy moves every step of the way. And there, I don't believe there was even really one point where anyone questioned whether they were the guys to get it done. Like, you, that's the feeling that Lions fans have had around them, the front office, and the coaching staff immediately from the get-go. And it's rewarded them with a playoff win. Can you say the same about the Detroit Pistons? Can you say the same about the Detroit Pistons? Yes or no? Can you say that the Pistons for sure have their coach? Can you say that the Detroit Pistons for sure have that front office to trust? Can you say that the Detroit Pistons have that culture built after four years? The Lions seem to have had that culture built after two years. The, the Pistons, after four years, do you think that the Pistons have a culture, an identity, that they have trust between front office and coach and coach the front office? Do you think they have transparency and trust with coach, front office, with the fan base, with the city? Do they have any of that? Do they have any of the things I just told you was laid out for the Lions and their tandem between coach and front office? Do you think the, the Pistons have any of that? I think we all know what the answer is. and. We'll leave it here. The Lions are a team that I have watched for my whole life since like 2009. With Matthew Stafford, they had a lot of talented offensive teams. They had one year really talented defensive team. They had a, a quarterback that I believe was an elite, top-notch quarterback throughout his career. They had Calvin Johnson. They had all these guys. They had a lot of talented guys at times. But they never once had culture. They never once had a head coach to believe in. They never once had a good GM. They never had that dynamic between GM, coach, fan base, GM, coach, owner. They, I, I didn't even bring up the ownership, but they didn't have that dynamic one time. And despite how talented their quarterback was, how talented their wide receiver and Calvin Johnson was, they never won anything. They never were able to win a playoff game. And there was constant changes. There was constant what felt like retools within Calvin's nine years here, within Stafford's 12 years here. And they weren't able to accomplish anything because of that. They get a culture, they get a front office, they get a GM, they get a coach, they get an owner. They get all that stuff to build identity, culture, trust, all that stuff we just laid out, and it took three years for them to do it. Three years for them to do it. So I want you to look at that, think about what I just said, and talk. look at how they had talented guys with Matthew Stafford and Calvin on this team and still weren't able to win it because they didn't have that stuff. And look at the Detroit Pistons. You tell me, do you think the Pistons have that same stuff? that they've acquired that same stuff. I think we know what the answer is, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Do the Pistons have that? That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to. This on Go Lions, man. Going to the NFC Championship game. I believe it. I, I'm, I'm going to try to get to the game next week, whether it's downtown or something. I got to see it. I got to be around the atmosphere. Can't wait. Go Lions, man. But until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Until next time, peace out.